no one's going to live your life the way you're going to live your life. And if you're looking to, you know, please others and have that disease to please, you're going to let yourself down because the reason is because you're going to let everybody else down and, and, and you have to live for you. And, and again, you know, your family is super important. I'm not saying don't live for your family, but the only way you can live for your family is if you put your oxygen mask on, like you have to be happy with you. And the last thing you have to look at the inward, the, the inward journey of what is it that you wanted to create? What is it that you are so intent on creating in your life? And then ask yourself the question, why not me? Like everybody was nobody before they were somebody. So like, while you're sitting there discouraged and thinking that you can't make it, fuck that. Just move. Like every single day, do something that's going to get you there and absolutely, truly, without a shadow of a doubt, believe in yourself. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's going on, Fix listeners? Welcome to episode 61 of the Fix podcast. I'm your host, Krista Huber, and I am so thrilled to be introducing today's guest. That is Sean French. He's a former college athlete, still considers himself an athlete today. And we get into exactly why as a mindset coach, how he's just completely transformed his life over the course of the last two years and has done exactly that by learning to live in his purpose and unapologetically being himself. I've had other listeners and guests on the show who have talked to me about just the power of like really owning exactly who you are. And I'm excited to be able to bring another fascinating, inspiring, and motivating individual to the fix. And I don't want to keep this introduction super long because Sean just had so many great pieces of advice to share having lived so much of his life from a place of really not admitting to himself who he wanted to be and how he wanted to show up into the world and just being able to now get a sense from him, having not even known him before, that he's passionate and truly living out exactly what he sees for himself on a daily basis, not without struggle and not without challenges, all of which we break down and get into in today's conversation. And if I could just leave all of you with one kind of thought to keep in your mind as you're going through this, I want you to ask yourself before you continue the rest of this episode, are you living in your purpose? And if you're like, I have no idea, I promise that this episode is going to leave you with a little bit more guidance in answering that question. And with that, let's welcome Sean French to the Fix Podcast. The first question I'm going to ask you is who is Sean, but more specifically, why should we care about what he has to say? And that is going to build the rest of the conversation. So no pressure. Okay? Dude, that's, that's a deep question. Who is Sean? And, and as you know, as a human being, that's a very targeted, but also like scary question to answer. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like throughout life, uh, Sean French or even Krista uh, just evolves multiple times. Right. So who I am is I am a husband. I'm a father of three beautiful children. I have two fur babies. And my main purpose in life is to create something 
so amazing for my family and to impact millions and millions of people. Uh, more than that, I'm a man who cares about his neighbor. I'm a man who cares about the people at the, the local Target. I, I shoulder so much care for people all around the world because I know what it's like to wake up every single day and not be on my purpose. And for me, <clears throat> finding my purpose was the most important thing, which was helping people. So I'm just a dude that's been through it all. I've been through disappointment. I've been through adversity. I've been through a ton of wins. I've been on the field at the College World Series. I've been on the bench at the College World Series and everything in between. So for me, getting all that out to the world is super, super important for me because if I can help one athlete make that one decision on that day that he or she wants to give up on themselves mentally, then I've done my job, right? Like that, that is the goal. That is who I am. I am somebody that is just taking the world on my shoulders and just wants to help people one conversation at a time. Well, that's a very powerful answer. And you kind of teed me up perfectly to say that you want to help people one conversation at a time, because hopefully that's exactly what we accomplish in today's right. conversation for anybody listening to this episode. And again, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on with me. I say this often with a lot of my guests, but just in kind of reflecting myself on the podcasting experience and what I get out of it as a host is just the way that you're able to connect with so many different people and the fact that you and I would have never crossed paths otherwise. And I think that's really special. I think that's something that for as tough as this work can be, and a lot of people have no idea what goes on behind the scenes in producing a podcast, but mm -hmm. it's, it's the most rewarding part. And I think you nailed it in describing the, the, the part that I relate to the most is someone who's been on the journey of really trying to figure out like, what the F do I want to do with my life and where should I be more so in the last two years than ever. I'm really excited to dig a little deeper into that and just hear your story and how you got to where you are today to be able to make that realization and use that type of verbiage to describe who you are. So I think that's amazing. And that's setting us up for such a fantastic episode. And I appreciate you for all Hell that. Yeah, dude. Before we get into it, we're keeping it light for just one more second. And as you know, I am a huge fan of coffee. Love it. <laughs> I was very excited because I am producing today in a different setting than usual. I found a new coffee shop that is around the corner from where I'm at right now. It's some of the best coffee that I've had in a very long time. So I'm pumped. We got the caffeine juice flowing. You told me you got yours flowing. So now I have to know, Sean, what is your go-to coffee order? What are you sitting on when you set that? I, it sounds like you set a pretty early alarm for what you've told me before we hit the record button. So what are you using to get going for the day? Dude. Okay. So have you heard of uh, Pete's coffee? Yes, I have heard of Pete's Dude, coffee. So major Dickinson's blend is the freaking jam. Okay. Right. Um, I don't typically like my coffee sugary. I will put a little Me bit neither. of creamer in it. Today is cinnamon toast crunch because they didn't have peppermint nice. mocha at Publix because apparently there's a shortage of freaking creamer too. So I shortage of everything, dude, I, shortage of patience. I just want my chicken, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> going to the, the meat section in, in our grocery stores right now is just like, what is going on? Are we rationing? Um, yeah. Either way, I digress. So the normal creamer wasn't on deck. So I have today Major Dickinson's blend nice. with uh, a splash of cinnamon toast crunch 
creamer. Sounds delicious. I'm on a new creamer kick recently and I shared it with a couple of clients of mine. It's um, a Shobani creamer. So in case you mm. didn't know, they don't just make yogurt. They also make coffee creamer and it's amazing. And it's doesn't have a bunch of shit in it. Like it's not loaded with carrageenan and some of those other nasty chemicals that we don't want included in a lot of our food where we can keep them out of our diet. Uh, But I've had a couple of clients tell me that they couldn't find it because I found this limited edition. It's like a St. Patrick's day one. I told you actually, you saw it on my stories. It um, literally (laughs) tastes like a thin mint. Yes. That shit was funny. That like, dude, like, first of all, I feel like shit now. Uh, because I'm probably <laughs> drinking all these carrageens that you're talking about. Um, secondly, like, I just gotta, I gotta stop real quick and just say that was such a fun interaction on that story because like, I, I think you felt where I was going with it. Right. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Like, like I'm, I'm like the fat kid at heart. Like I can house thin mints. I can house a, a large pizza and, you know, feel completely bad about myself the next day. So like when I'm, when I'm, choosing my proteins when I'm choosing all these different things that I, that I put into my body, it's got to mm-hmm. taste like something bad. And so I just, I just, I well, had we're to go back to that. that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wait, I need you to break that down for me a little bit more okay. because for my listeners who know me and know what I preach about nutrition and wellness, I'm all about, I'm going to couch this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I am all about lack. I don't want to some somebody to approach their situation when they're trying to lose body fat or any kind of transformation from a place of lacking something or restriction. It's all about abundance. What can we Mm -hmm. add? And one of the main ways that I do that is by really helping people understand what are some of your non-negotiables around food. And that can show up in so many different ways. It can show up in like you know, who you're eating with, like a lot of moms that I work with don't want to necessarily make 16 different meals for their family. And that happens far too often. That's one way it shows up. Another way it shows up is not compromising on foods that you love because you have this idea in your head that they are inherently good or bad. And the bad foods are the ones we're always super quick to give up. I have at least three new people I'm working with currently, and all of them had this idea in their head that like carbs in the form of bread, specifically bread. They're like, well, I have to cut that out. I have to. I can't have bread. Like any other diet I've been on, like bread, bread's my problem. Like the reason why I'm not losing weight is because of bread. So <laughs> I want to know. Fun. I, yeah. you, as, as a fitness and nutrition expert, you yes. got to get. Am I allowed to cuss on this thing? Yeah, it's explicit. You have to get fucking excited for that comment. Exactly. You can blow a hole in that shit right there. Like, yeah. So I want to know what you mean by you saying that you you don't want it to taste good. Tell me why. No, I said I want it to taste good. Oh, okay. No, I I want it to. It should taste bad. Like for it to be healthy, it can't be too. Like it's too good to be true. Is that what you kind of mean? Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like I, I like so again. I believe in moderation, right? Yes. And as I believe With in eating too. I don't believe yeah. in giving up shit that I love. Um, I'm not going to give up ice cream. I'm not going to give up pizza. I've done that song and dance. It's super restrictive. And then all you do is gain all the shit back, right? When you start mm-hmm. re-implementing things into your, into your day-to-day. So for me, uh, with the balance, right? I have a big sweet tooth. Okay. I, I mean, I have a, it's, it's, it's terrible. I'm with you. I'm all okay. about my ice cream and all that stuff. Yeah. So at night, if if I know that I can't have like, dude, like it's Monday and I had my cheat meal yesterday and I, I need to, I've only got like 150 calories left for my macros and I got 25 grams of protein left and it's 9 PM. I'm slamming my level one shake. 
because I know I throw a little bit of almond milk in there. It's tasty. It's so good. Chocolate banana tastes like a freaking, you know, ice cream sundae. So like, that's why I was laughing when you did the Thin Mint things. I was like, but you know what else tastes like Thin Mints? Thin Mints. You're like, what? Fucking Thin Mints. Yeah. And I knew you were totally like kidding about it, but it brought up a really interesting thought in my mind for the sake of being careful about the kind of messaging that you're putting out, right? Because like you and I, we had, we had enough background to know where each of us was coming from. But when you sent that to me, I actually thought about it for a second because I posted this picture of the Chobani creamer Mm -hmm. and mentioned that it tastes like Thin Mints. And then you saying like, oh, you know what else like tastes like Thin Mints, like actual Thin Mints. I thought, you know what, this is really valid because there's definitely (laughs) somebody who could be watching this and looking at these stories and thinking to themselves, oh, well, like that should be my secret. Like I should find these other things that should be a replacement for the thin mm-hmm. mints. And I never want anybody to feel that right. way. It's right. just like, this is an added extra that I feel great about what I'm putting in my coffee because I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm, I'm not going to feel bad about it also because you, you hit the nail on the head and mentioning when you have 25 grams of protein left at the end of the day, I'm honest with myself about what I'm actually eating. I am mm-hmm. being, I'm not necessarily sitting there being super precise and perfect with the number of tablespoons that I'm using. And I definitely go way over the serving size, but I account for that. And that's right. the difference maker and just straight up owning your shit and keeping yourself accountable and helping you get to where you actually want to go. Dude, I think it, you know, it's funny because like, to be, to be clear, I, I'm glad it invoked some type of you know, deeper thought yeah. to your, your story, but that, you know, truly this wasn't meant to, I was just fucking with you. Like, yeah. we're friends. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, right. dude, I'm going to mess with fun. it. Um, yeah, it but funny. you know, it's funny because like, I've had people come to me and like, I'll post something about, you know, I've done this before and I've had people come at me like, and, and I really had to think about why they were. And uh, for instance, I posted, I reposted a video mm-hmm. from TikTok. And it was just like, it was along the lines of, you know, who has plan B losers. And I knew exactly the context. It was Andy. Right. And I know what he means. Right. So I, I exactly posted it too. Cause I listened to him all the time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down with this shit. He's right. But then like, I get somebody that doesn't understand the context. I'm like, how could you say plan B like the multiple streams of income are great. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, listen, like, here's, here's what the video meant. And I'm, and I find myself in this loophole for 45 minutes, you know, trying to explain something to somebody. And it's just like, like, okay, I think you're just looking for a fight now, you know? Um, but like, I wasn't thinking about that when I posted it. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just funny. You I, were thinking about I, it in the context of your life, right? Yeah. I just like, Hey, you know what? We're, you know, we're building, we're building coaching programs. We're building, you know, record setting podcasts. There is no plan B. No, this is what we're going for. This is what I'm going for. Don't, you know, I'm not coming off of it. Right. And, and, and it's just like a lot like you, like your, your podcast has exploded in the last year. There was no other plan. Like, it wasn't. That's exactly you know, how I got here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's consistency. It's, you know, and I, and I, I would imagine when you first started it, you're looking at your downloads and you're like, shit right? Like, how do I, how do I get this? Like, how do I get this going? But the reality is, is just the, the consistency that you've had, because I've also done my homework, right? Um, and I, and I love it. Um, you know, I just want to like, give you some love here. Like, you know, you, Thank you. you have a great community on Instagram. It's a community that I'm trying to build. So if you have any, have any suggestions, I'm open to them, right? Uh, because I feel like, 
your content's amazing. And, um, you know, there's people that are consuming your content on a daily basis. And, and I absolutely love it. And, um, that's why, you know, I agreed to come on because I felt like you and I can truly do a lot of shit together. Absolutely. And like I said, that ties back to my original comment. And first of all, thank you so much for all that. I didn't pay him to say that you guys just (laughs) appreciate the compliments there, Sean. Oh yeah. But in all seriousness, I think that ties perfectly back to what I said about one of the huge benefits of podcasting selfishly has it's just been a really great way to connect with people that I would not have otherwise necessarily had a reason to reach out to. And it also makes you realize how small the world is, because when you and I first spoke on Zoom initially, before we set up this chat, we realized we knew a lot of the same people and you live in Florida. I'm in New Jersey. We're now collaborating with a lot of the same people for different business ventures and sort of things. And I, I think that's really amazing. And I think that that's something that for me in tying that even into your comment about not having a plan B and just fucking going for something and being committed to it. It's a huge reward that I got out of that because when I did first start the podcast, I was more so focused on the fact like I have a voice. I want to use it. I've been through a lot of stuff over the course of the last two years. And yes, a lot of it was, well, backs against the wall. The fitness industry totally changed. And I felt like I was kind of coming back to something that was always a passion and a calling for me because when I was 18 years old, deciding where to go to college, I literally picked my school based off of the fact that it had a journalism program. And I would have told 18 year old Krista would have sat here and told you that I was going to be a news anchor. And that was my path. And that was exactly what was destined for me. And honestly, I still kind of got there in a really different way and not a way that I expected to, but I use all of those skills on a daily basis when it comes to the content I'm producing for this show with even like my reels. And obviously that's in a more fun way, but it's still a lot of that production and it's definitely given me a leg up on being able to do this, but more importantly, understanding the value of being consistent, putting a lot of emphasis on quality and yeah, that's definitely comes from a perfectionist personality, but I think they, those are the aspects that have really served me well over the course of the last 13 months or so in figuring out what am I doing with the podcast? And, you know, our editor, Tony, he and I always talk about it as like, we were at podcast level 1.0, we moved into mm-hmm. 2.0 and now going into the first, like leaving the full first year behind and trying to transition to different platforms, thinking about things like YouTube and just the strategy behind that. Like, what do we need to do next to take it to level three? And it takes just a lot of falling on your face and failing forward. I think that's a phrase I don't, I wish I remember who was the person that coined that term. Cause I think it's Will genius. Smith. Oh, was it? Okay. Or did you just totally make that up? No, <laughs> did he talk I've... about that in his new book? Have you read it? No. So like, <clears throat> I hate to stop your story. No, keep going. This but is, dude, this like, is this our is, conversation. This is amazing because um, there's a lot of things that I want to go back to. But yeah, when you said fail forward, um, my wife sent me this video about three years ago. And it was like a 20 minute motivational YouTube video. Okay. And I was, I was, you know, selling payroll in HR at the time. So I had nothing but time getting in my, I had a Tahoe at the time. I'm, you know, driving around and, you know, knocking on doors it was it was miserable. Um, but this video was so amazing because it was a hodgepodge of, of or a montage of all these different famous people, Will Smith. Okay. Like different motivational Thomas, speeches or Justin Timberlake. Given. It was ridiculous. So the first eight minutes were freaking unreal. 
like uh and and will smith said fell early fell often fell forward and so for me when i hear fail forward i always think of, think of right that, back video, to that video i'll find it for you and i'll yeah, send it to you, you have to send it to me that's super a core impactful. memory of yours over there yeah super yeah. impactful um i digress but like i want to i want to address something because I think it's really, really cool what you talked about, about the small world of podcasting. You know, this was something a year ago that I started and it was a hobby and I would, you know, vent on my phone um, by myself after the gym or, you know, somewhere, right? I didn't feel like I, I didn't have the podcast space or whatnot. That's a separate story. We can get into that later on in this episode. But when I decided to go all in on myself and just truly fucking double down on me and um, reach out to Dom Fusco. So thank you, Dom. You're getting a fucking shout out um, to introduce, introduce me to, to our boy, Anthony. And um, right then I realized how small of a world it really, really was and how amazing it is because even though you and I don't speak every day, I know if I needed you, you're there and vice versa. Like this community, we all understand how hard it is. We all understand how hard it is to have a big fucking name on your show and sit there like two minutes before I'm like, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Like, you know, and what I realized is like my bet, my most favorite episode I've done was the last one that I dropped with DJ. Mm -hmm. Have you listened to that yet? I have only listened to the clip. So I got a little bit, I got a little taste of it, but I'm very excited because as I've shared with you, I have, I feel like I haven't really talked about this too much on this show, but we've already referenced them twice. So Mm -hmm. I'll give the context. I'm a really big fan of Andy Frisella, the first form brand, what he's been able Mm -hmm. to build. And for those of you guys who are ever looking for other podcast recommendations, uh, there's a reason why his podcast is the number one podcast out there these days. And it's called Real AF. It's something that I listen to regularly. I'll post on my stories once in a while. But Sean over here had the opportunity to interview DJ, who is technically Andy's security, but I think we're going to give him a bigger title and say that he really is like the co-host and the right-hand guy when it comes to this show and a lot of Andy's personal life, right? Just being Mm -hmm. in that role that he is, that he plays within the bigger picture of the the companies that he's built and continues to build. And so I it's kind of one of those things where like you have a mutual podcast interest with somebody and you know that you're very much on the same wavelength and how you think. It was, it was super amazing. And, and it's so funny because I've had multiple interactions with DJ over the last year and it was really incredible having him on because it was the most free conversation, no pressure. Um, I didn't feel any sort of way about it, but excited and enthusiastic. And, you know, he shared a lot mm-hmm. on that show that nobody really knows about him. And why do you think it was so free pressure? I'm curious because you just were about to explain how nerve wracking it can be to have a big name on your show. And regardless of whether someone considers him a big name for you and I, that that is a big name because he's important in our lives. He doesn't even know that, but he is right Right. now. He knows we're speaking to you, but tell me, was that something you, the way you prepared, the way he made you feel, I'd really love to just hear your reflection on that. Yeah, no, no. Great. No. So I was a little nervous, right? I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm never going to tell somebody I'm not nervous about something if I am right. (laughs) But the moment we, we got on, it was just like two boys looking, just talking. Like we did the pre-record like you and I did and Mm -hmm. 
we shot the shit and we had some laughs and I'm like, all right, man, let's do this shit. And um, it was just, it was a free conversation. You know, it was just, there was, yeah, I prepared for it. Right. I had all these things written down that I was going to say and how it was going to go. And I asked maybe 1% of those questions. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a conversation for the ages, instant fucking classic. And uh, I'm super, super excited about everybody hearing it. So. Well, congrats and kudos to you for doing that because I did ask you, how did you make that happen? And Hey, that's another Testament to the power of consistency Mm -hmm. because you just kept reaching out until you heard back. Right. You just, you, you know what guys, like, here's the thing. Like if you guys that are listening, if you have somebody out there that's made an impact in your life or somebody that you respect, reach out to them. You know, it, it, you know, they may not, they may not, it may not go to the top of their inbox and maybe sitting in their, in the request, but one day they'll read it and it'll bless them. So don't, don't sit there and think that you can't reach out to somebody. I, I reached out to the Super Bowl MVP the other day. Didn't get a response. That's okay. Cooper, if you're listening to this, you need to respond. It'd be pretty cool if Cooper had listened to my podcast. Tag him. Yeah. Um, I will. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we we have to have some type of belief in yourself that like if if that if you reach out to that person and they agree to be on your podcast then they are blessed for talking about their story on your podcast like mm-hmm. i'm grateful to be on this podcast like this is big for me like i i love this right and and i think that what we struggle with as human beings is that person's too big i'm not going to reach out to that person that's some bullshit that the world's told you that all these people that have made it like andy frisella um ed Milet, all these dudes they're people Beyonce is a person yeah. with the same shit that goes on in between her ears that we have. Right. So when we, when we begin to look at these, these people as, as equals, they feel that they feel that. And then they respond. If you come to them like a fanboy, like they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to respond. Right. Totally. And no. I also think it, you know, not only can they feel that, but more importantly, I think, it allows you to operate from a place of a certain level of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. That you are talking to this person as from a place of respect versus like, oh my God, right? Like that's what I think of when I think of like a fanboy fan girl. Yeah. And I, I'm a big believer in just your attitude and the way you show up in the world kind of creates the rest of your environment. Like it creates the universe is feeling that from you. And mm-hmm. if you're operating from this place of, just like, oh, I can't do that, or I shouldn't do this, or I'm not big enough for that. And it's whatever excuses, whatever you want to call them, that yeah. is going to be served back to you in by what you wind up creating for yourself, getting for yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that's very true. I think so often when people ask me, oh, why did you decide to do this thing? Or what made you want to do it? Sometimes I don't know what to say because my answer in my mind sounds a little too simple because I will really just be like, I just fucking went for it. I, I, I don't really have a secret recipe here. I just went for it. That's the thing, Krista. It's like, you know, everybody wants to know the secret. Like, dude, how'd you, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of messages, like literally like, dude, and, and people that <laughs> I didn't even know were paying attention. Right. Yes. Or just yes. like, bro, how'd you pull that one off? Like, he's so big. I was like, dude, I just asked. And, and you know what it was too? When you ask people for something, you know, you want to collaborate with somebody, um, come with some actual, 
genuine reasons. Like for me, the reason why I felt so led to have DJ on the podcast was because dude, his life drastically changed within two years. Yeah. Like, and they've only really, and and as somebody who is a big fan of their show, they don't really get into that too much. So you kind of have to piece that together. There was like maybe one episode recently where it made me start to wonder a little bit more about his personal life because they did share the backstory on how he became a part of the company and how he actually wound up sitting down at the, in the recording studio for the podcast. And my ears kind of perked up because I, as a storyteller, I love hearing those types of stories. And then to tie it back to what you stand for in terms of your coaching and then therefore the messaging that you're trying to get out on your show, Sean, mm-hmm. it, it, to me, it makes perfect sense. And, you know, I, w- I would actually like to use that as kind of a segue. I knew we were going to get right into a lot of great mindset and piece of the di- pieces of advice for the listeners here, but I want to know how did you get to where you are right now? Like, give us a little bit more of that backstory. I know about your history with baseball. I know you mm-hmm. played at the collegiate level and you just shared what you used to do in your, we'll say your previous life and in, in your corporate job. But what did that journey look like for you? Because obviously you connected to G- DJ's story in some way, just in what you just shared and saying, hey, his life drastically changed in the last two years. There's something there that that speaks to you. So what is it? You know, I, I think for me, how I ended up here was just truly connecting with who the hell I am, right? I mean, and, and, and again, and this is going to be an unpopular statement, and, and, and I, want to, I want to preface it with, I don't mean this to be insensitive. I don't mean this to be any type of way of, please just take it for what it's worth, people that are listening. The pandemic for me, changed my life. It allowed me to truly see that how I was operating on an everyday basis wasn't who I wanted to be. I wasn't eating the way I wanted to eat. I wasn't training the way I should have been training. I wasn't attacking life. If my life Was that during or prior? Like right when Right. I was in Colorado when the world caught on fire. I, I, I was at a training for corporate. They flew us home. And like literally two weeks later, you know, I was actually about a week later, I walked up the steps and I was super out of breath. And so what I did is I, you know, went on a 30 day crash thing, right? Like 30 days of healthy living, dropped about 15 pounds, just look like a flabbier version, skinnier, flabbier version of myself. Like nothing you know how that is, right? When you deplete yeah. yourself, you know, build mm-hmm. lean muscle tissue. Yeah. You look like shit anyway. You Not just the way I'd encourage on. anybody to do it. Exactly. So um, then I gained all the way back and I went on vacation with my family, my, my wife and my three kids. We went to Siesta Key um, that July. So July of, it, it was honestly July 17th of 2020, was it 2021 or tw- no, 2022. 2020. Okay. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Sorry. We're in, you're good. Yeah. So I don't know what year it is. We're um, <laughs> coming up on the two year mark of all of this. So your shit, timing man. of sharing the story is actually kind of perfect. So keep going. So, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we go to Siesta Key and it, we're, we're staying at a house, like a little, you know, villa, like a quarter mile from the beach and we go to the beach every day and I'm just like super insecure, taking my shirt off. I'm miserable feel like shit, go back to the house. It rains. We eat, we drink, wake up in the morning, I do it all over again. Right. And that day, um, the, the day that we left to come back to Fort Myers was July 19th. 
And I looked at my wife and I said, I, there's, I need to do something. Like I just, something is not right. I'm not feeling myself. Uh, I feel like I need to, you know, hire a personal trainer or, or do, do a program. And just like, well, I'm sure it'll come to you. Like you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, we get home that day I'm laying in bed where we're just kind of, you know, unwinding with the family watching TV and I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see this, here he comes again, this, um, advertisement from Andy Frisella on 75 hard. Okay. I'm like, what's this? And I look at it. I'm like, gallon of water, easy, <laughs> no cheat meals for 75 days. All right. That's a stretch. Um, no alcohol. Okay. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, two workouts a day. One has to be outside. Read 10 pages. I'm like, what have I eaten today? I was like, oh, I just had a, I just had a shake, a protein shake. I'm like, that's not a cheat. Cool. Day one right now. So I, I did 75 hard the first time through, um, no frills, no nothing, just powered through it. Um, went from about 220 pounds to 180 pounds. And what I learned along that way was I was extremely conflicted inside. And this whole long story is to say, to get to the, 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 the launch pad of the question was, where did I come from and how did I get here was, that's when I realized I was meant to do something so much more. And it got so bad in the, in the energy of knowing that my purpose was so much greater than what I'm currently doing just in life was so heavy. Like I couldn't listen to podcasts anymore. I had to do a podcast uh, detox for like two weeks. And literally just try to connect with myself. And then all of a sudden this shit popped, right? I'm driving down the street one day and it's just like, all of a sudden, like I say this, but like my brain exploded. I was just sitting with myself, just thinking what I could do. I'm like, dude, I just, I'm going to be, I'm going to speak all over the world. Like I want to be on stage with these big dudes. Like I'm going to be the keynote. I'm going to be the guy. Like I'm, I'm tired of, you know, I'm not going to do this whole ask for a seat at somebody else's table. I'm going to make my own fucking table right now. And that's, and that's what you're witnessing. That's what we're, that everybody's seeing right now is me building my own table. And that's how I got there, you know, through beating the shit out of myself physically. Um, because that is my meditation. Is, so I didn't know that you did 75 hard because I did it too. So multiple I, times. I'm very excited to talk to yeah. you about this. Multiple times. Yeah. So I, I want to keep going on this, mm -hmm. this track, because I think that it's, it's kind of like what I was alluding to before and people asking like, Oh, how did you do that? I just went for it. Mm -hmm. Let's dig a little deeper there. If somebody is mm -hmm. listening to this, right. Mm -hmm. And you know, they maybe like you, they have a family to support. And a lot of times they can come up with different reasons as to why, like, oh, this isn't the right time for me to do this. Like, I can't have this physical, emotional, mental transformation or make this massive change mm -hmm. in my life. What did you, outside of 75 hard, after you had that moment in your car where you were like, my brain just exploded and I knew what I wanted to do, what did you do first? After that thought, what was the very next step that you took? Because you shared a lot of realness so far, and I want people mm -hmm. to understand, like, this is how you actually go and do these things. This is not meant to be some bullshit, like, you know, fairy tale kind no. of story. Like, what did you actually go do next? Full transparency, I called my wife. Okay. Called my best friend. 
you know, I, I, I called her and I said, I said, baby, I need to talk to you. Everything's okay, but I'm going to go off on a tangent for about 15 minutes. And I need you to sit with me. If you don't have time right now, because you're in the middle of something, I understand, but I have a lot of shit. I need to tell you something just happened in my mind. Can you talk? She goes, absolutely. So I pulled over and I tell her everything. And I told her, I see a podcast. I've always wanted to start a podcast. I told her that I'm going to be on stage one day, you know, and be the keynote speaker of, of big conferences. I'm going to be the guy that everybody seeks out because I'm going to be the one to help them understand that they are more in life, that they have more inside them that they absolutely think they do. And that all the bullshit and all the limiting beliefs that they feel about themselves is an absolute lie. I told her, I see a clothing line. Uh, a record-setting podcast. Uh, I, I, I see coaching programs. I, I see me speaking, you know, to professional organizations, to you know, collegiate programs all over the all over the country, helping athletes. And I said to her, I go, "If I'm crazy, tell me now." And she goes, "You know what? You've never sounded more lucid. Now go do it." I'm like, "Well, well how?" She goes, "I can't answer that for you." You know, but, but just make, just make moves. So I created my Facebook group, right? Called it the determined society. There's another big backstory there, but we don't have time for that. Um, but like I created that, you know what I mean? And then I created the podcast and then I just started talking on my video and putting it out there and, and putting aside all the insecurities and limiting beliefs that I had about me, Right. Um, I didn't like looking at myself on camera. I still don't. Right. When I, when I record something, I look at all my flaws. That's normal. Oh, guys. Yeah. The whole time we've been sitting here, I'm like looking at like ways I've been sitting that I should change and move. Yeah. Dude. And, and so like, that's, that's powerful, Krista, because I'm not noticing that. Right. Right. And like, you're not noticing my flaws. No. Nobody gives a shit. They're listening to our words. They're listening to our hearts. And what we do as individuals is we limit ourselves by, by discounting who we are because maybe a loved one told us we had big ears or jacked up teeth when they were a kid. I mean, that's, that's what I heard, right? Um, you know, so I, when I see myself, I look at that stuff. You know, it, is my face fat? Is it, I mean, like, listen, guys, this, this shit's real, right? And, and for me, like, the most important thing is to move, move through it no matter what, like, no matter how we feel, we have to move towards our, our highest self, that, that end goal, right? That you see yourself on a top of a mountain or whatever the hell it is. Like you have to make moves every single day to get there. Right. And, but the, 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 the biggest thing too, Krista, to go back to your original question is what did I do next? After I spoke to my wife, I had to start seeing it. I had to start seeing me doing that. You know, I saw myself as being guests on podcasts. Here we are. Right. And, and, and the one thing that I don't do a good enough job of is enjoying the process. I'm so hard on myself. Right. So we think about wanting to get all the way to that end goal. And I, I use this analogy so often in nutrition and it's that concept of like, yes, it's great that you have this, let's say you want to lose 20 pounds, 25 mm -hmm. pounds. You want to fit into a certain dress, bathing suit, whatever. Yeah. But so much of the work that I do 
is people struggling on that weekly basis of not seeing the changes that they expected to see in that time. And there's a great analogy of, and it relates to the process of understanding that you're in, I'm actually, I'm sitting in New York right now while recording this. So it's perfectly appropriate. You're on the subway and you're in the financial district, right? And you need to get to 42nd street. You got a couple stops that you're going to hit along the way to get there. That's Mm -hmm. not going to be a quick subway ride for those of you who don't have never ridden the subway, but we are so quick in the nutrition aspect or the weight loss process to think that nothing's worth it and nothing is helping us along the path until we get all the way to 42nd street. But here's the thing. If you were all the way down in the financial district and you had to stop in union square, then you had to stop on 23rd street and you had to make all these stops. How could you sit here and tell me that 14th street was useless? It's not like from a directional perspective, that's impossible. And it doesn't make sense. So if you know that the subway is going to function that way, following a certain route, following a certain path, why can't you take the same mindset when it comes to your nutrition that the jump or the stop that you made from maybe only starting at 50 grams of protein a day to doing a lot of fucking work to get to hundred grams of protein a day was totally worth it. Because guess what? If you really want to know what the secret sauce might be for you to be able to make those physical changes that you're looking for, we can't stop at hundred grams of protein a day. We might need to look at 150, but there's mm-hmm. no way that we're going to get to 150 or get to that 42nd street stop unless we hit all of the other ones in between. And I feel like that's really, that's the process, right? That is the, in a nutshell, the, the same analogy that I'm giving in the nutrition world. And to your point about like getting into the weeds of like producing your show or finding people whose shows you want to be a part of connecting with other people, hiring different coaches for yourself to be able to grow your business. And also having the conversations with your family. I want to go back to that really quick before we keep going, because I have talked a lot about relationships on this show a big part of the changes that I've experienced in my life in the last two years have had to do with walking away from a relationship that I thought that was it for me. I broke off an engagement and I, I moved, I changed everything all at once. And so when I hear about stories like you and your partner and how your wife showed up for you in the context of that conversation, those are really important to me because that was something that I didn't have in the relationship that I was in. So I want to know, what has your relationship with your wife looked like over the past couple of years, first and foremost, that you knew deep down that you could have that conversation with her and she was going to give you the answer that you needed? Like, even if it was maybe that you sounded crazy, right? Because you trust her, right? So, so yeah. talk me through that. Like, what is your relationship like? Because I think that's really powerful. So our relationship is very open and honest, right? And I think that is good and it is bad at times, right? Because- yeah. We are brutally honest with each other when, when we need to be. And it's not always what I like to hear. It's not always mm-hmm. what she likes to hear. So it's not perfect. I'm, you know, I'm going to be, you know, it's, it's marriage. I love my life, my wife more than anything, but you know, the, the reality is, is that no relationship is perfect hundred percent no. of the time. And my biggest flaw through the last two years and specifically the last three months where I've created so much momentum and I'm doing a lot more things I have noticed, and she has brought it to my attention, that I'll get extremely frustrated with the process, right? And then I won't be as present here. Because you'll carry that around with you. Because I'll carry it in around. interactions with your family, with yeah, your kids. And it's, yeah, and it's, listen, it's a final, it's, it's something that I'm learning how to juggle. Like, it's this super is tough. First, first timer here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, 
it's very hard to not feel like you're working all the time too, like setting but, those boundaries. Yeah. I'm looking at like, you know, you look down at the agenda and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. It looks like I'm going till 10 or 11 o'clock again tonight. Right. You know, and that's with, you know, certain breaks here and there, but like, you know, my wife is 50% owner of, of the Determined Society. We're partners. And, you know, that, that's something that, you know, I want to grow this with her. Uh, but I mean, I, how my relationship is, is just like any other relationship, right? It's, it's back and forth, right? It's ups and downs. And that's, that's not saying anything bad, but what it, but what it's saying is, is just saying like nothing is ever perfect in our lives. And, you know, if we go into things, expecting things to be perfect, to go straight from 42nd all the way to whatever stop it is, it's really unrealistic. And, you know, it's also it's as unrealistic as it is, you know, I think for me where I get caught up in is it's very painful. Those stops in between are yeah. painful. It's, right? it's hard. It's hard. It's, uh, but they, I think painful is a great word because it's, yeah. you're still not to where you want to be in. You can't yeah. wrap your head around the fact that you're still not there. Right. It's just, you, you go through all these different things. Like my content's great. You mm-hmm. know, I've got a, I have a really good voice. Like people like me, people want to hear me. You're like, why am I not there? Why am I not there? Like, well, yo, <laughs> you got to do the work. If, if you went from zero to a hundred, would you really appreciate it? Like the answer is no, No. like there's, there's no way you would, I I wouldn't. Right. So as painful as a process is, it's necessary. So, um, my, so my wife is very patient with that. I mean, she's patient, you know, I mean, that's really, I guess that's really what I can say about it. But, you know, there's also that point where she says, look, dude, this is how I see things. And that was this morning. Okay. And it and it, yeah. it allowed me to see things differently and it allowed me to kind of say, okay, I'm not having enough fun with this. I just need to have fun with it. Screw it. I think that's awesome. And I, I appreciate you sharing all of that. And I I really think that it's well, while you're saying like our relationship is still a lot like so many other relationships, one of the other components of what I was asking there is just like understanding how you, the two of you look at it together, right? So it's really interesting that you also shared that she's a 50% owner in this process. And I have a ton of respect for that because I think there's a lot of people that to you and me, it seems like it's every other relationship because Mm -hmm. we have an expectation and a standard of who we're going to partner with in all capacity of our our life. I don't just mean romantic. I mean, professional, everything. So you see each other in the light that you're open and you want her to be just as much invested in this process, which is why she has that role. But I think there's a lot of people out there that even in their romantic relationships actually operate in a lot of silos, like to the point where (laughs) they can't talk to their partner about some of these things. And it's like, we, we can't really wrap our heads around that because that's not the expectation or the standard that we're setting for ourselves. So we're not going to be around that in any way, but I would be hard pressed if there wasn't at least one person listening to this who might be like, mind blown by the fact that the two of you could have had the conversation that you did. It's unfortunate, but I do think yeah. it's a reality. You know, it's funny because like what you said is like how, how my wife sees this business and how I see it. We both see the same end goal. There's no question. How integral is that to your success? It's very interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's paramount. Like if you don't have support from your partner, it's really, really difficult because you're not going to be growing together. 
mm-hmm. right? They're, it's going to do this and it's going to be a constant struggle. And then when your business blows up, your husband isn't going to understand it or your wife isn't going to understand it, right? Like you, you have to have somewhat of an agreement, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it is what it is, but like we, we see the end goal the same. The in-between, we see a lot differently and that's okay, right? Because she's more patient. I need to learn that, right? I'm very aggressive. I get hyper-focused on things that helps her, right? So although the roadmap looks different, the end goal is the same. So if we can, and this is the thing with just any business partner, like as long as people have that same end goal, just like in a relationship, in a marriage, your end goal is happiness. Now you can reverse engineer what you need to do to get there, right? Um, to, to make it as harmonious as possible. So um, it's, it's, it's a different, you know, it's, it's, it's a different aspect of a relationship, right? And we're learning it every single day. Yeah. So now you, you said, as we led into this part of the conversation, you said that for you, just kind of the domino effect for a lot of how your life looks like today and the Mm -hmm. decisions that you've made in the last several months, if not even last several weeks, Sean had to do with like, just working out to the point where you were like that that's my meditation. I might be putting my Mm -hmm. body into the ground. Like that's what did it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So what else do you now do today to continue to keep your eyes on the goals that you're describing these really big visions that you have for yourself? Like, what does that look like on a regular basis outside of you mentioning, you know, like you started your Facebook group. And obviously that Mm -hmm. means like, there's a lot of work that you do just in terms of maintaining and then growing from a business standpoint. But I want to know on that personal level from the emotional, spiritual, physical, what are you doing? to be able to continue to operate from your sense of purpose? Because I imagine I, that's really important to you because you, you didn't have that before. Yeah, I think it's super. So one thing is my active meditation, which is my working out, right? That's, that's a non-negotiable. That has to be done six days a week. Um, the other thing is truly visualization, right? And, and you can call it visualization. You can call it praying. You know, I'm a God-fearing man. Um, I believe God created the universe. So when I... I'm speaking to God when I'm speaking to the universe, I'm putting those intentions out there. And I, I like to do the gratitude practices where I feel like what I put everything in the present tense. I am so happy now that I have a record setting podcast. I have over a million downloads, all these different things I put in the current state, like it's happening right now. And then I feel those emotions, right? I don't just say them. I feel them throughout my body. What would it feel like to have all of that? What would it feel like to have the biggest and baddest freaking coaching uh, program that all these professional athletes now go to me? I put myself in that energy, right? That it's happening in the present. And then what happens there after enough times you do that, you start operating like that person, right? And you're, and you're going out there and you're doing 100%. that. So it's, 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 it's meditation, it's prayer, it is visualization, it is constant accountability to myself. And the biggest thing is if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. And I don't, and guys, I don't mean like, if I say I'm going to build something, I'm going to build it. If I say I'm going to wake up at four, I'm going to wake up at four. 
because that's what I told myself, right? So being in integrity with my word is the most important thing. And, 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 and my biggest advice to people that are listening to this and thinking about starting something, like if you can keep your word to yourself and do what you said you're going to do, you're going to go a long way because there's not a whole lot of people that will do that. No, there's not. And you, you bring up something important though, that I'm not sure you did intentionally, but I'm going to highlight it in, in making the comparison between saying you're going to build something, which is Mm -hmm. kind of vague, right? Intentionally, Mm -hmm. probably, but then also showing the comparison to, um, if I say I'm going to wake up at 4am, I'm going to wake up at 4am. That's what it takes to build something. Mm -hmm. Right. And I want to know what your perspective is on the idea of trying to start with something smaller, like the practice of waking up at 4am and committing to that to show yourself the consistency, but also obviously build the hours into your day to do what you mm-hmm. have to do. Yeah. I think it's, How I think it's that, different. Yeah. Like Sorry, talk, go ahead. talk me, th- I was just going to say, talk me through that because what I, what I'm hearing from that is, and the, what I think of is when I, I talk a lot about habits on this show mm-hmm. and with the people I work with and how, if our goal is just this big goal, right? Like you have this big rock that you're trying to break through of the physical transformation. And most of the examples that I, I witness every day, can we parse that down a little bit and, and really focus on the lowest hanging fruit or start really small? Like it's, it's the classic case of the atomic habits example mm-hmm. with James Clear. It's one of the best books ever. And it applies to everything in life, but it's like, if he, he always goes to, for the fitness analogy, if you want to run a marathon, don't make the goal that you're going to get outside and run five miles. It's actually as simple as just leaving your shoes by the front door. So that's what I'm hearing when, when you talked through that. And I want to know if that was on purpose. No, it's, it's awesome. So like, here's the thing it's different for everybody. I have three kids. I have to wake up at 4am. Yeah. Do I like to wake up for him? Nope. I no. hate it. I hate <laughs> it. Hard. It sucks. I feel like by the time I get home and do the kids lunches and breakfast and take them to school, I've already lived the whole day. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, it, but, the, but the thing is, is you have to know exactly what it's going to take in your life and how you need to schedule and block shit off in order to achieve that goal. And if you can sit there and say, okay, well, I'm going to wake up at 6am and go do my workout thing. Then do go wake up at 6am and do your workout. But for God's sakes, don't make a fucking excuse that it's too right. cold outside. Don't make it. You have to do that, it. Yeah. Yeah. Just get up and do it. Like, and I know it turns a lot of people off, but that's fine. We're just not the same. Like, you know, it's okay. I've, I've lost friendships over it. That That's cool. Like whatever. Right. But like when you, when you say you're going to do something, just do it. Because like you said, it's stacking habits. I, I call it stacking dubs. Right. I may, I created a win book and all my clients get this win book. Alarm set for 5 a.m. You wake up. Yep. Write a W. Did you go to the gym or did you run? Did you say what you're going to do? Did you go out for a walk? Whatever. What did you do? Yes, I did. Write a W. Throughout the day, you, you stacking up W's, you have the evidence that you're a freaking winner. And that's what it takes. That is repetition every single day. So that's all it is. <laughs> that is literally. All it is starting small and keeping the the littlest of word to yourself and to your family and to your friends. If you say you're going to do something, do it. In, in addition, starting small, the thing I always love to say to people is, how about we guarantee your success? Let's make it so failure proof that you know you're going to do it. And I often use that 
in the context of somebody who has like a really lofty nutrition goal where mm-hmm. often I'm trying to get them to eat more food and that's uncomfortable for them because it's a really different outlook than any mm-hmm. other messaging they've ever received. It sounds totally counterintuitive. And what I always say to them is like, if I'm telling you that you need to get X amount of protein, how about we focus on the commitment to plan your whole day in advance? Because if you plan your whole day in advance the night before, you put everything in your tracker, how could you sit here and tell me that you're not going to hit your macros every single day? You literally couldn't. It would be because you didn't try in that moment. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing is you haven't eaten anything yet. So you can change it, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. And that's how you learn how to be flexible too. Exactly. You can write it out the night before, log your food. And then if something changes, swipe left. Right. And then add something new. Yeah. You know, and, and it's all information, right? It, and, and that's the thing that we got to look at feedback as neutral. Mm-hmm. The moment we look at feedback as positive or negative, we, we, we go off track, right? Let's think of this. Let's think of feedback as neutral, like period. And, and you take the emotion out of the outcome, right? And that's how you're able to every single day, you know, make small movements towards your goal, right? Everything that we do, everything that we're doing right now is supporting our end goal. Mm-hmm. And if you can sit there at the end of the day, say that, okay, most of the tasks that I did, most of the activities that I did was serving my ultimate purpose. How can you go wrong? Can't. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it doesn't make any sense. You can't. If you're living on purpose, right? Meaning you are every single day on purpose to what you want to do, what you feel your purpose is like that's that's doing something and it's and it's scary (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's scary but i want to push you on that point a little bit further about living your purpose because Mm -hmm. you said at the very beginning of this show and why we should care about what sean has to say is that your purpose is helping people Mm -hmm. and somebody could sit here and argue with you well that's pretty broad so couldn't you argue that in your time in corporate America, selling HR and payroll services, you were helping people in some capacity. Yeah. You very well could. Absolutely. So I want to push you further in helping our listeners understand what was your playbook? Not to say that this is going to work for them, but talk to me a little bit more about some of the tools that you use to be able to figure out what your purpose actually was. Because it's not like you just woke up one morning. I mean, even using the 75 hard example, it took you those 75 plus Mm -hmm. days to get uncomfortable enough to finally make the change. So you and I both know that you not living out your purpose, that that was going on maybe in your subconscious for a long time. Yeah. So (laughs) I would challenge that. Like, and what I mean by that is we know what our purpose is. Mm-hmm. We're just fucking scared to say it. Yep. So okay, for so you, like, for, what did it take? Just to say, to fuck it. it. Fuck it. Like, this is coming up, right? Like, this is, you know, this is coming up again. It is 2021. And this is shit that I was thinking about in 2006. Mm-hmm. This is obviously who I am. Okay. That, you know, like, you finally admitted that to yourself. I admitted it. I just said, Okay, I got comfortable with being uncomfortable with the fact that I'm going to put this shit out in the world and mm-hmm. people can laugh, they can hop on board, they can hop off my train, whatever the hell they want to do, but I'm not going to sit here and not live out who the hell I am. I'm going to be real and authentic. Like take it or leave it. You can like me or hate me, but this is who I am. And and I never and I don't mean that in in a way of dismissing other people. I'm not that person. But 
I'm not going to ask for permission from a friend or a family member like, hey, do you think I can do this? Now that's, that's just insecurities. And I have them, right? We all have them. But the, the, the defining moment for me was just when I finally said, because of my beliefs, right? I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person by any means, but I'm spiritual, okay? Um, I believe that God put me here for a reason. I believe that God has a purpose for me. Who am I to defy him? For me, that was a changing point. For me, that was like, okay, dude, you got to go out there and you got to live your purpose because God put that in you for a reason. Those ideas, those, those gifts are there for you to share with the world. And if you don't, you're taking from the world and nobody likes a taker. So that was it. I love it. I, I think that's really powerful. And I think I, I like how you responded to that and saying that you were going to challenge it further because that completely underscores your point of like living your most authentic self, like take it or leave it. This is what it is. And I also want to know how this all ties back to your collegiate athlete days and your childhood, even with baseball, because we've kind of left that part of the story out. I know that Mm -hmm. that's where you came from, but I want to use that to give us that little bit of additional context. Like let's zoom out a little bit further and take me back to college, Sean, or maybe even younger than that, because obviously you've been playing baseball since you were a little kid, right? If you wound up on the trajectory that you were. So give the listener the rest of that story in terms of how is that now showing up in the type of coaching you're doing? Because I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of the principles and the values that you have and the way that you show up on a regular basis, you can attribute to being an athlete your whole life. 1000%. And it's a good question. So for me, like, I know what it's like to be that dude, right. That athlete that, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, great catcher, great tools can go wherever he wants to go. Right. And there's, there's kids right now and there's athletes right now. They're going to listen to this podcast that are literally going through this right now. And all they're doing is they're preparing their bodies, right? They're eating good food. They're training their ass off five, you know, five, six days a week. They're running, they're doing their sprint work, all their intervals, all their shit to make them as explosive and strong as possible. Right. And then they work their skills, their sport specific skills, whether it's throwing a javelin, doing the high jump, you know, uh, long jump, baseball, soccer, it doesn't freaking matter. All the energy is spent on building your physical base. Nobody sits there in the off season and works on their mind. Like, so I was, at, I'm getting super passionate about this because no, I was a awesome. catcher. I was yeah. that catcher that went to LSU, got stopped at a Burger King on the way there. And everybody in the Burger King in Texas knew the hell, who the hell I was. Right. But you know what I wasn't prepared for? I wasn't prepared for the mental aspect. Weak things break. I, I hate to tell you this, right? If there is a disconnect in the body, if the chain is off, there's going to be a link that breaks. Your mind is no fucking different. So my thing is, is educating the young athletes that are in high school, college, and even professional athletes like, yo, if you don't address this right here, that, that space, that six inches in between your ears, you are never going to make it to the NBA. You aren't going to make it from double A to the big leagues, right? You're not going to ever play in the world cup or be in the Olympics to swim because your mind isn't right. So my passion again is going through to these athletes and bringing the awareness that like, if we don't work on this stuff and just because you're working on it, doesn't mean you're broken, right? I have division one athletes that I work with. I have high school athletes that I work with 
And, you know, the, the, the college player knows a little bit more about their mind, right? The high school player is still confused. Sure. So you got to lead them in different ways. But the, the underlying variable is simply this. Nobody prepared them mentally. Yeah, it's, it's so true. Like I'm, I'm nodding my head and I'm like, wow, you're really speaking to me. I, I wrote down what you just said about weak things breaking, because if I could go back and tell myself something over the course of the last five plus years, if not even almost 10, if I count the fact that I, I was a swimmer, but I didn't mm-hmm. swim in college. So the five years that I spent out of school and then the four years when I was in school and swimming was no longer a part of my life. I found other things at that time to like recreate the structure that I had from the sport and the team camaraderie and all the really positive benefits from it. And also the fact that swimming is unique in, in a being an individual sport. There is a lot of the mental that does come into it without you consciously working on it. Because listen, like you're in the pool, you're not talking to anybody and you're alone with your thoughts. Like it gives you a lot of time to process things. And the reason why this really speaks to me so much is because I fast forward these nine years later. And for me, when I decided that I was going to quit my job, leave a relationship, move to another city, if I had done more of the mental work, I know I would have been better prepared for that situation. I still did the tough thing by making the choice, but Mm -hmm. I was a mess for months. And it took me being a complete mess and, and feeling the lowest lows I've ever experienced in my life. But frankly, like I just wasn't prepared for that adversity because I never Mm -hmm. trained for it. It wasn't that I, like, I, I wouldn't have considered myself weak until that moment because things didn't fit in the tiny little boxes that I wanted them to fit into. And I didn't have the tools. I've had conversations with therapists about that exact thing. Mm -hmm. So that's just really like I, and it's something that is now showing up for me again in this conversation. And even in the context of nutrition too, with what worked for me before doesn't work for me now. And I work with a coach to help me see that or having conversations. Now I mentioned to you when we did our little pre-recording, just kind of talk about what we were going to focus on in this episode. And of course, like we've gone in so many different directions, which I love. And by the way, this episode is fucking fire. Yeah, it's awesome. So I hope everyone's listened this far as you're listening to it. But all of that said, I just had a conversation with a high school athlete who fits into the box that you were describing 100%. Awesome athlete, excellent basketball player, going to do big things. We start talking about nutrition. And this individual says to me, I, I... they're asking great questions about understanding protein, carbs, fat, all of it. And their next thing in our second meeting together, they go, I'm really curious, only 17 years old. Why didn't I learn this in school? And in that moment, I felt so much satisfaction because I was like, I I said back to the person, I was like, this is exactly why I do what I do because you should have learned this in school. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they should, that goes hand in hand with everything you're talking about when it comes to mindset. So I see so much intention and value and purpose behind the coaching because, and, and even for you personally to be the person doing that, because you experienced it yourself. Like you had that lack and you had that void in your life when you were in those moments. And I'm sure if you could go back and do it all over again, you would have wished there was that you on the other side who was going to give you this blueprint, right? No, we didn't have that. Yeah. We didn't have that, you know, and, and that's the thing that's so important. And that's why I started, I, I started this master class. Um, I'm, I'm starting at April. It's actually starting April 1st. Awesome. It's a six, it's six week, um, athlete mental preparation, okay. uh, masterclass to where we're going to hop on a zoom once a week for six weeks. And it's going to be a group thing. I don't think there's anybody else doing it like this. And we're going to go through things together. 
I'm assuming you know, all levels, all sports, like regardless of age, everyone in one group or how yeah, you're kind of splitting. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah. So I would think, so here's, here's what I'm thinking, like high school and above. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the younger athlete won't really grasp the mind in that yeah, regard. It's, tough. it's a very um, abstract and yeah. you're, you're in the height of your development. So it's, yeah. It's so tough. I'm looking at 25 to 30 people, right athletes of all types. You could be a Spartan athlete. You could be a CrossFit athlete. Amazing. You could just be someone who's looking to get in shape for the first time in 25 years. You have to perform at a certain level and nothing changes in your physical appearance or your performance. If the mind doesn't change, right? Because we have to make decisions every single day, what to put in our mouths. We have to make a decision every single day of how to think in a certain way. It's super important and nobody is doing this at the, in the, in the collegiate level. Do they have psychologists there? Yeah. But I've been there, done that. Right. I've gone to the sports psychologist. Yeah. Exactly what I mean about you having lived this. And it's, it's not, it's not exactly helpful, right? Because you're being psychoanalyzed. You athletes don't need to be psychoanalyzed. What we need to do is we need to figure out what's happening subconsciously and why is it Mm -hmm. happening? Who said what to you at what age? What was the moment that, you know, you didn't create the results you wanted to on the playing field that has screwed you up so badly that it's impacting you five years later? In and all like, so aspects me, of your life. Like this, so, it, yeah. And so for me, it torpedoed. My insecurities and my perfectionist complex torpedoed my baseball career at LSU. There it is. So they, that right there for me is enough reason to help as many athletes as possible achieve their dreams and not go through what I did. I think that's fantastic. And I think it's going to be really powerful. So we'll be sure to include down in the show notes, all of your contact yeah. info to make sure that if anybody's interested after listening to this, I don't know how you couldn't be, but if you, if you consider yourself an athlete in any capacity, like I asked, I interjected to ask that question because it's important. Like yeah. there, that is such, there's such a big definition to that word. And I knew you meant all of those different groups. So I really just wanted to, to really like emphasize that. I appreciate that it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to run an ad to, so this is going nice. to go out to a lot of different people. Um, Very cool. Anthony, I did a promo last night, uh, two days ago. Awesome. So I'm well, just, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's going to be cool. But um, no, this has been a blast, man. Like yeah. there's, there's been so many. Amazing. We're going to have to have you on for more than one show. That's for sure. This is, cool. this is just the beginning of a beautiful relationship, <laughs> but I do want to be it. respectful of your time because sure. like we talked about when you're in that grind mode and you're looking at your calendar, it's like, okay, I need to be respectful of my time in order to be able to get on to the next thing. So, right. All Before good. we close this all out, I like to finish every episode with a little lightning round to bring right. it back to the fun, light questions. So real quick, a couple more, and then I promise you're out of the hot seat. You ready? Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what is, I'm going to go Florida for, for like a theme for this because Florida is quite an interesting place. There hell is. What is, having lived in, in you know, Louisiana too. What mm-hmm. is like the craziest thing that you've experienced maybe in the last like five years, let's say, because this is kind of an open-ended question living in Florida that you don't think would happen in any other state. Well, that's simple. Yeah. All right. Let's hear it. Dude, alligators everywhere. Like they're freaking like, they'll show up in your front yard. They'll show up in your lanai, which is like your back deal, like your little backyard area. Yeah. I mean, it's just everywhere. Like, literally it is, it is the craziest thing that I've ever, that I've ever seen. Like I have our little HOA here. We have a dude that 
his business is he's an alligator catcher. No it's just way. like, I guess it could happen in Louisiana and other places Yeah, that's too, true. But, it could, it could. But yeah, I mean, I just, just to keep it light and fun, like dude, it's the alligators. <laughs> oh, oh, and <laughs> this is the one that I, that I love so much. And I say that with a ton of sarcasm is fucking hurricane season. It's like literally every hurricane season, Southwest Florida is going to take a huge hit. You guys are going to get smoked. Everybody freak out. And like everybody sells out of gas. All the water is gone. And then like a lawn chair isn't even blown over. Everything's sometimes. fine. So yeah. It, it, it's a very unique place. So yeah, that's that I could, I could relate to the the latter with uh, having lived in Charlotte and like when it yeah. snows, people freak out. <laughs> it's so yeah. Today. It's like, Jesus. Yeah, I know. Like we're gonna be but I'm scared of hurricanes. So I get yeah. it. Like I, I'm all, I'm, <laughs> I, hear you. I, I haul ass. I get out of here. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you have a sweet tooth. I want to know if you can only eat one dessert for the rest of your life, what would it be? Only one. Ben and Jerry's double fudge brownie. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Dude, those yeah, chunks that of brownie. That one and the brownie incredible. batter. What about the brownie batter core? Um, I, I haven't done that yet. Um, the, my I only like, critique of it is that it's actually vanilla ice cream, which is a little bit disappointing. Yeah, it's like if you're a double fudge brownie kind of guy or girl, like you love the chocolate aspect. So that's my, that's my I, critique. I love, I love the brownie chunks and the Ben and Jerry's double fudge yeah. brownie. So yeah, Same. 100%. I'm done. It. Done. In, in being someone who has clearly tracked their macros, what would you say in comparison to like that reference you made to the 30 days of healthy living kind of crash diet sort of thing? I'd really like to know this is selfishly because that's obviously what I promote for my clients. What have you found with macro tracking that's been very successful for you that you're still sitting here doing it two years later? Because it's not live and die on every single day, right? It's not super restrictive to a point where you're like, oh, if I have a beer, like I'm such a bad person. Like, no, dude, like, listen, this is life. We have to do things that allow us to be consistent because consistency is going to win. Right. And in these 30 days to, you know, like six pack abs or seven minute abs, like it's, it's all bullshit and it just plays on instant gratification. And that's, what's wrong with America right now. You know? So for me, it's, it's the ability to do it because it, it breeds consistency. Love that. Amen to all of it. More on the motivational, inspirational side of things. You shared a lot of great advice on how you've how you take care of yourself on a regular basis beyond the physical and just like mm-hmm. how your mind works. Who else are you listening to in terms of podcasts, maybe audiobooks? who are you reading? Like who else do you look to, to for inspiration? Yeah. So I listen to Andy, obviously, uh, really F I listen to the CLS experience, Craig Siegel. I listen to mm-hmm. Amberly Lago, uh, grit and motivation, or is it grit and grace? Sorry, Amberly, but I love her podcast. Um, I listen to Ed Milet's podcast. I listened to the Dad Edge, who was nice. recently on my show for for parenting, marital. Yeah, I saw that like clip. A, I loved it. Yeah, so uh, I I I find things that I'm struggling with, and I listen to those podcasts. The very very first thing. Cool. Yeah. Now, very last question: As you reflect back on everything we've talked about over the course of the past hour or so, Sean, if you could only leave the listener with one parting message, and that was it if they could take one thing away from this conversation, like what's your most important piece of advice that you feel like you shared today? I mean, the most important, important advice that I shared today is just owning your story, step into your story every single day. 
Like no one's going to live your life the way you're going to live your life. And if you're looking to, you know, please others and have that disease to please, you're going to let yourself down because the reason is because you're going to let everybody else down and, and, and you have to live for you. And, and again, you know, your family is super important. I'm not saying don't live for your family, but the only way you can live for your family is if you put your oxygen mask on, like you have to be happy with you. And the last thing you have to look at the inward, the, the inward journey of what is it that you wanted to create? What is it that you are so intent on creating in your life? And then ask yourself the question, why not me? Like everybody was nobody before they were somebody. So like, while you're sitting there discouraged and thinking that you can't make it, fuck that. Just move like every single day, do something that's going to get you there. And absolutely, truly, without a shadow of a doubt, believe in yourself. Powerful stuff. I can't think of a better place to end it on. So last but not least, before we officially let you go, where can we find you? Where can we stay connected with Sean? And where can we be a part of your journey as you continue to grow? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my Instagram handle is the Sean French, S-H-A-W-N, um, uh, at the Determined Society for my podcast, awesome. Instagram. I have a Facebook group. Um, if you go, if you actually go to my bio on the Sean French, you click on my link tree, you can connect with Perfect. me any, any way possible. My website's there, my YouTube channel, how to work with me, uh, how to book a call. But most importantly, dude, just stop by and say what's up in my inbox. Like send I love that, that DM. Yeah. Send me a DM like, Hey, what's up? Like, how are you? Like that shit's cool to me. I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Oh, I love it. I think it's, the, it's the best part of all of this. Yeah. It really is. Well, thank you again for your time today from everything we talked about. I really don't even think I'm, I was taking notes there trying to figure <laughs> out what our, our quote is going to be to really sell this whole thing and wrap it up. But I got so much out of this conversation. And again, I just can't thank you enough for joining me today. It won't be the first and last time you were on this show. So we'll be back for more. And I'm just excited to watch you go through this process and hope I can support you in any way and really learning to enjoy that journey, which also includes venting if you ever need it. And I oh, and absolutely I it. same. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Same. So we're, we're in it together. We're, absolutely. we're in it to win it. That's, that's for sure. So to all yep. our fixed listeners out there, Thank you guys for tuning in today. We are so grateful to have you because I wouldn't be able to put on this conversation if it wasn't for everyone who listens every week. And Sean truly means it when he says, shoot him a DM. We talked about it and talking about the celebrities and people that we feel like are untouchable and reaching out to them too. Like if you have anything that you listened to in this chat and you were like, that totally speaks to me, start a conversation with him about it because that's going to help you step into owning your story and becoming that better person and becoming the person who's really, truly living in their purpose. And I think that's just incredible stuff. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. I truly grateful for being able to be highlighted on your show. Uh, so many amazing listeners, loyal listeners, and you were incredible. And I would definitely do this again. And I cannot wait to have you on. Yes. We got a little podcast swap coming your guys' way. So stay tuned. We've got this show that we are dropping and then I will be over on Sean's. So I'll make sure that everyone knows exactly where to find the Determined Society. This has been another incredible episode of the Fix Podcast. And from wherever you are listening from, I hope you have a wonderful day. Perfect. That was awesome. So much fucking fun, man. Thank you.